This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the Tune In radio app. And you're listening to The Breakfast Show. This is Mon Glash. That's Lyle Southwell. And welcome back to Faith FM. It's time for the clue for our quiz. Who am I? Oh, gross, man. I just... Oh, pooey. What What? What did you do, Mon? Oh, my microphone smelt funny. And so I put a little bit of a, a lemon myrtle essential oil on the end of it. But now I've actually touched it with my lips. And now I'm drinking it. And it tastes revolting. <laughs> <laughs> smells fabulous. Though. Only you would do such a thing, Mon. Oh, why does it smell so why, good? Why are you so worried so about bitter? the smell of your microphone? Because it's right in my face. And it's turning me off. I don't think I've Try ever... Have I have never ever smelt my microphone. That's because you smell... People who smell can't smell things that smell. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, anyway. wait. Uh, time for the quiz. Yes. Okay. Clue number three. One eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number. When taking a census for David, I did not include the tribes of Levi and Benjamin because the king's command was repulsive to me. Yeah, this was definitely one of the righteous attitudes that this person had, who is not always known for righteousness. Yeah, it's interesting. But he definitely saw he definitely saw that uh, David was in the wrong. David was in the wrong in this case, mm-hmm. very much so. Give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM. You can win yourself a copy of The Pale Horse Rides by Sean Boonstra. Really great read. All right, let's see. Uh, Encounter with God. We are studying our Bibles. We have a great Bible study uh, this week. We are into Matthew chapter 5, which is the longest sermon ever recorded by Jesus Christ anywhere in the Bible. And if we go to flick over to Matthew chapter 5, we're going to find that it is all about the Beatitudes. And yesterday, uh, Lawson and I were asking the question, what does the word beatitude mean? Do you know what I've realized, Lyle? What? The sermons recorded in the Bible are actually really short. Oh, very short. Absolutely. So why is it that every weekend our preachers get up and go on and on and on and on and on? <laughs> You're not looking at anybody in particular, are you? I mean, not in this studio or nothing. <laughs> like, how did we have that cultural shift to where it's okay to preach for 45 minutes when clearly this right here would have only taken a few minutes? Yeah. Okay, so here's what you've got. Uh, the, the biblical record is that Jesus actually taught all day. Mm-hmm. And so what you've got is a, syn- a summary or a synopsis of what he spoke about. Oh. An abridgment. And so the sermons were actually a lot longer um, I'm sure there were intermissions throughout the day. And, and when you read what the way that Jesus taught, it seems that he taught in small chunks. Okay. Small little pieces, like here's a small little piece, go away and think about this. And even when you read the Sermon on the Mount, you know, it's, it's almost like Jesus' uh, manifesto, so to speak. And you find that it is full of small chunks. Okay. When you read the Beatitudes, they are a bunch of super small chunks. So actually, come the weekend, we should let our preachers preach all day long. And just give it to us in small chunks Okay, so with intermissions. How do you feel about that, like? How do you feel about uh, If they provide... Um, snacks. <laughs> snacks for everybody from just a small one single basket full like Jesus did? <laughs> Definitely. Best Definitely. potluck ever. What on earth are you mixing up there, Mon? Oh, so I've, I've gotten all scientific. I, like, I've gotten myself a little um, measuring cup, like a little... Um, Medicine mm-hmm, measuring cup. Mm-hmm. 
so I can figure out how to have as least amount of fluid in the turtle juice so I can have just enough. Oh, yes, so you're back, back, back to tur- turtle juice again. Yeah. Just, if anyone's just, wondering yeah. what turtle juice is, it is this green Sludge. muck that looks like what grows on the back of a turtle. It yeah. smells like what grows on the back of a turtle. It <laughs> tastes, t- like. tastes like it and it feels like. Yeah. So if it looks, tastes, feels, smells like, it, it probably be. is. Yeah, yeah. Probably did come off the back a of a turtle mm-hmm. somewhere on the line. 100-year-old, 1,000-year-old turtle. Anyway, anyway, Beatitudes. Beatitudes. You remember what uh, the word Beatitude means? No, I wasn't here. It means here. blessed. Oh, okay. So blessed are the poor in spirit in Latin reads. Let me see if I can remember this. Um, Beati uh, pauperos or paupera spiritu. Puri. I gave it to you in Latin. So okay. I'm speaking Latin yeah, this morning from memory it's very cool. without even without even looking I'm at my impressed. computer. Yes, yeah, so blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, blessed. And so you can, yeah, Latin has uh, a relationship to English. You can kind of figure it out at times. Okay, so we were working through our, our, our Beatitudes yesterday. We got up to number five, which, uh, no, we got up to number six, which is blessed are those which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Mon, read for us number seven. Number seven in Matthew chapter 24 says... No, not Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 5. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Why am I in Matthew 24? I'm all like geared I have up. no idea. I'm all think, geared I think up you've been distracted here. by... Turtle juice. Turtle juice. Okay, number seven. God, yes. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Okay, so what's this uh, particular passage right here uh, teaching us, Mon? Well, it's it's telling us the person who wrote that mean letter to the lady I talked about in our story was not being merciful at all. Indeed. Yeah. And just in case you missed that story, there was a family... Um, Going through hard times. She was a single mother or...? No, but her husband, uh, husband was lost his job and was out looking for work and she'd just been diagnosed with a health issue and her son, who was four, had a massive... Um, he had a health issue where he'd been in and out of hospital 20 times. 20 times in hospital at the age of three. Yeah, and and, uh, their lawn was starting to look a bit run down and so somebody screamed at them in an an anonymous note in their mailbox Mm -hmm. and the whole community turned up and cleaned it up for them, which was really, really great. Yep, yep. Uh, Because they just had a little bit too much on their plate at that time and uh yeah so that, so, that, so one, that one neighbor did got not receive mercy but there were a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. who did receive mercy yeah yeah so that's not showing mercy yeah so this is very practical the, the beatitudes are very practical the blessings exist for those who are a blessing and that's the lesson that we can really learn out of this particular blessing right here is that if you um if you provide a blessing you're the one who will receive a blessing. More blessed to give than receive, and you'll receive a greater blessing. Okay, we're going to move on. Uh, verse 8. Verse 8 says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Is purity something that people aspire to today? I mean, in today's society, not really. Is that what you're asking me? Yeah. Yeah, is it no. is it the kind of thing where people uh, aspire to purity? They want to live a pure life. They they wake up in the morning and say, "How can I live a more pure life than I lived yesterday?" Is that the general aim of society in today's world? No, no, not at all. In fact, the general aim of uh, society in today's world is kind of the opposite of that. Yeah, it's a kind yeah. of a rebellion against it. It's like, yeah, what kind of dirty mm-hmm. thing can I do today? You know, yeah, yeah. Um, how drunk can we get? How lawless can we be? 
what can I get away with? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's interesting they're having this um, story that we didn't have time to cover, but in the social experiment that they're having in China where they are engineering society, they are trying to engineer purity into society, and so they're basically banning bogans. Yeah. Any kind of behavior that might be seen as uh, as being uncouth, so to speak, mm-hmm. is uh, – and, and that's not to say that all bogans are uncouth, but that's just sort of where they're going with it – is, you know, just plummets you on the social credit score and restricts you from all kinds of, you know, activities. Um, and, you know, it's really because I guess in many ways – the solution is right here. If China really wanted to clean things up, turn people to Jesus Christ and teach them the Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart. When you are pure in heart, you, there are certain behaviors that you don't want to yeah, that's right. participate in. And yeah. so you know, they're talking about you know people who throw rubbish off the top of buildings or people who store their possessions in the apartment hallway or people who put a share bike you know, back on its rack in a messy fashion, mm-hmm. you know, just slovenly sloppy behavior. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't keep their is... midriff classified. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's <my> right. <laughs> all, the, all the old Asians who love to roll up their shirt on a hot day and expose their – Asian men and expose their midriff their are uh, going to plummet on the social credit mm-hmm. scale. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Okay, but the Bible talks about, you know, blessed are the pure in heart and we should, we should wake up every day and aspire to live a pure life. How can I be more pure today than what I was yesterday? rather than reveling in impurity. Okay, verse 9. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And mine says, blessed are the peacemakers. I like that. Do we see a lot of that in our world today? Peacemakers? Yes. I mean, I think we've, we see more pacemakers than peacemakers. <laughs> we, <laughs> we probably do. We probably do. When Samuel Colt invented the revolver... He called one of his one of the models that he made the peacemaker. Did that work piece. or not? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. He called it the peacemaker because he said, "I have made all men equal." Well, only if they had one. <laughs> That's right. Those are, all men are equal if they can afford to go and buy one. Um, but we don't live in a world where being a peacemaker is something that, once again, we see a lot of. One of the good things that we do see in our world is uh, things like the Nobel Peace Prize. You know why he invented that peace prize? Why? Because he invented dynamite. Oh, okay. Well, and he saw the he saw the the potential that it had for doing good in the world. And he saw the potential that it had for doing evil in the world. And so he wanted to counteract that. And so he invented, uh, Nobel invented a whole bunch of prizes that would be annual prizes to be handed out to people in the world uh, for various reasons. But it's kind of really sad how you know the Nobel Peace Prize has been politicized mm. and people who are you know, often very undeserving of the Nobel Peace Prize get nominated for it. Yeah, I haven't really paid much attention to it. I think I just... After a while, you're just like, oh, this is a bit ridiculous, and you sort of wipe it off. Yeah. yeah and you get radar. You know, people being suggested for a Nobel Peace Prize like Jacinda Ardern for wearing a burqa, you know, I think you need to do something more than that to yeah. qualify. You need yeah. to stop a war somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, But, yeah, it has been – but it's a good thing nonetheless, and it does promote peace in our world. 
And so all credit to Nobel for coming up with this idea and promoting peace. Verse 10, the Bible says, Blessed are those which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mine says God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. Okay. Yep. Righteousness, doing right, kind of the right thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have you ever been persecuted, Mon? I'd never go so far as say I was persecuted because every time I say persecuted, I think like, you know, burning at the stake and being imprisoned and thrown in ice water and nothing like that's ever happened to me, no. Being waterboarded or... Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, when people talk about persecution here in Australia or marginalisation or bullying or, you know, any of these kind of things and they get really bent out of shape and upset over it, and rightfully so, if that is what is taking place... But, you know, a little bit of context is always good. We mm-hmm. often feel like we're being persecuted and it's really just we're dealing with um, mild first world persecution. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you really want to look at persecution, look at what happened to, you know, uh, or look at what's happening in, say, Sudan mm-hmm. right now, for mm-hmm. instance. Um, or in parts of India where there is people, you know, uh, video was um, on social media recently of a young girl being burned to death. Mm. Uh, They just poured petrol over and lit her up and burned her to death because she attended a Christian Bible study. Oh, that's terrible. She was not a Hindu. She she hadn't converted or anything. Mm -hmm. She just went with some of her friends to a Christian Bible study and so they burned her to death. Uh, And so, yeah, you see some really, really horrific things happening in our world right now. Um... Uh, Asia Bibi in Pakistan, another example um, of persecution right there where they were, you know, felt like the, you know, the majority of the population of Pakistan were demanding the death penalty because she had uh, insulted Muhammad. Um, we could look at the uh, Muslim persecution in China where you've got about 2 million Muslims who've been thrown into concentration camps because of their religion, because of their faith. And this is real persecution. This mm. is this is serious persecution. This is persecution on a level that we don't really understand. Yeah. And it has a massive impact on our world. The Bible doesn't say blessed are the persecuted. It says blessed are what kind of persecuted? Uh, persecuted for doing right. Okay, so if you're persecuted for doing wrong, like you go and do the wrong thing, like you go and kill somebody and you get thrown into jail and you're like, oh, I'm being persecuted. No, you did the wrong thing. Yeah. Stay in jail. You have the consequences of your actions. You have the consequences of your actions um, and we are happy to put you in there and uh, for you not to come out for a very, very long time. Okay, so the Bible says, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, verse 11. Continue on with that one for us, please. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Keep going. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Okay, so we've all been reviled and mocked a little bit on occasions yeah, for our people belief. Have lied it's about never us. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is never fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. On the other hand, it is always a um, – the Bible says here that, you know, if it's because of our faith, what should we do? What attitude should we have? We should be glad about it. We should rejoice yeah. and be exceeding glad because really, really righteous people, that's how they've been treated. In fact, uh, the Bible says that if you love Jesus, the world will hate you. Mm-hmm. And that's a really serious thought when you think about it because – uh, we have to ask ourselves the question, does the world actually hate us? Yeah. 
And if it doesn't, then maybe we're fitting in a little too much. Yeah, a little too well. A little too well. Maybe we have become a part of the world without even stopping to think about it because there's actually no difference between us and the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's definitely something that is worth considering here is, uh, yeah, where do we fit in in the world right now and does the world see a difference between us and them? And, of course, there are going to be times when, yes, we uh, do need to rejoice and be exceeding glad because we are persecuted and reviled and called bad names because of the stands that we take. And sometimes we take some fairly strong stands here on Faith FM Radio and uh, some people get upset about that. But, you know, that's part of what being a Christian is, is you've got to take strong stands for right things. The Bible calls us God's peculiar people. It doesn't mean that we should be weirdos. It does not say, no, nah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the modern translation of the word peculiar right there would be special. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Are you a special person, Mon? Oh, ha ha, Lyle. <laughs> Calling me a sped on air. <laughs> okay. Um, but we are. Every single individual is a special person to God. Let's go uh, down in this chapter a little bit further and let's see what the Bible says here. Uh, verse 43. Uh, verse 43. Wow, that's all the way on the next page. You jumped a lot yeah, of Yeah, I did. I jumped. I skipped. I'm going to come back. Don't worry. We're coming back to this stuff. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your father in heaven. For he gives us his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only that love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. There you go. Mine doesn't say pagans. Mine says publicans. Oh. Which has nothing to do with people who operate a pub. Okay. Publican back then was a tax collector, and it was interesting how they they are also translated as being pagans. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because it was a license to be corrupt back in the day. But the Bible says here... That uh, how in verse forty four particularly, how do we respond to those who revile us, curse us, use us, um, despitefully use us? The Bible says, how should we respond to them? It says we need to love them and pray for them. Okay, so here's a challenge for you: Have you ever been used? Have you ever been uh, reviled? Uh, have you ever been cursed? Has somebody ever been hating on you? And how do you want to respond to that person? Uh, do you want to, you know, and, and like the lady who we heard about in the news story where she got hate mail in her mailbox, you know, she could have responded by trying to track down the writer of that note and to do something really nasty in retaliation. But instead, she ended up receiving a great blessing because the whole community rallied behind her because of, you know, they recognized yeah, the story that to, was... The she story. sought to encourage people in her community by saying, hey, look, you know, there, be kind st- to your neighbors. You don't know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. You have no idea what is going on behind those doors. Okay, let's go to... Um, let's skip back over to chapter f- 5, verse 14, please, Mon. Oh, back and forth you go. Back and forth. Like a wave on a sand. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Okay, let's stop there for a moment and let's talk about being a light of the world. A light in darkness is something that stands out. 
Oh, absolutely. You light a cigarette and that cigarette can be seen from about 10,000 feet in the air. Just the tip of that cigarette if it's a dark night. Okay. And a lot of people don't realize that, um, but this is what God calls us to do. And by responding very, very differently to our enemies, it makes us stand out. We become a light in the darkness that is around us. And this is one of the reasons why God calls us to have this very, very different response uh, to you know the evil things that are taking place in our world, particularly to us. This is uh, the City Harmonic, a city on a hill.
Welcome back, guys. This is Encounter with God, and we are studying Matthew chapter 5. We're talking about the light of the world, we're talking about the salt of the earth, and we're talking about being very, very different from the world that is around us, particularly in the way that we respond to others. And Mon's busily having her breakfast here and spilling it all over the place. But hey, it is the breakfast show, Mon, right? Yeah, you know it. Orange is delicious. <laughs> all right, so uh, we're going to... We How about the quiz, Clue? Oh, 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 the quiz, the quiz, the quiz. Okay, who am I? Clue number four. I was the commander of David's army. Ah, who was his general? If you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 is the... Um, Number to call or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine for your copy of Sean Boonstra's A Pale Horse. Mm. Um, talking about you know, Bible prophecy and things that are happening in our world right now. And of course, Sean Boonstra, one of the more popular um, speakers and presenters um, around the world, Canadian man. Um, excellent little uh, book right there. I think he's the uh, speaker director for Voice of Prophecy. Have you heard that story he tells about when he was um, he was a Bible worker and he used to go door knocking, um, trying to you know meet people on their at their homes and find people who wanted to study about Jesus, and he knocked on a, on a man's door, <clears throat> and the man opened the door and he said you know did his little spiel and the guy just was so angry with him and yelled at him and cussed at him and told him to get off his porch and get going and slammed the door in his face. And so Sean's like really discouraged, and so he turns to leave, and he notices that across the street there's a church, and he realizes this, is, this guy must have had so many people come and knock on the door, and uh, and just harass him. And so what he did was he took a chance, said a prayer, took a chance, went round to the back door, knocks on the back door. The same guy opens, and is just so astounded to see Sean on the back door that he just stands there mute. And Sean goes, oh, I'm so glad you're a nice fella. You should have met the guy on the other end of this house. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it did the trick. It broke the ice and the guy, you know, had a laugh and softened up and let him in the house. And, yeah, they studied together and he became a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, Only Sean Boonstra could ever Sean pull that Boonstra. up. The guy's the best sense of humor ever. Yep. And he knows how to... Um, he knows how to use his sense of humor really well. If I tried to do that, I'd just get <laughs> shot, <laughs> shot, bashed, beaten uh, with an inch of my life. Um, yeah. But that's the guy who wrote the book. So give us a call if you know the answer to the prize and uh, you can get a copy of Sean's book. Okay. So continuing on with our Bible study, we were talking about light. Uh, where were we? We were in... The salt of the earth? No, not that one. Um, Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bush, but on a candlestick, and it gives light to all those that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What does light do? Uh, it it uh, shoes away the darkness. Okay, so it pushes the darkness back, doesn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. All right, so the first thing that we are to be as Christians are people who push darkness back. And Amen. people should recognize that when they come close to us, that there is a whole lot less darkness here than there is elsewhere. Darkness is a literal or figurative? Figurative. Yeah, okay. okay. It's, there, not that, it's not that we should bring around switching on light switches and wasting power. <laughs> no. If anyone knew that knew Mon, you would know that Mon is a greenie and she's not promoting that. <laughs> no, we're pushing back darkness figuratively. But you know how our world can be a dark place yes, sometimes. Absolutely. And it's just, you just have that comment like, you know, just things feel really dark right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's talking about. Uh, we can we can you know push back darkness. We can 
make our world just a happier place. That's right. Yeah, We can share positively place. different radio with positively different news every morning. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, let me see here. Um, what else does light do? It warms. Okay. It warms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Light warms. Yep. Okay. So it brings warmth. That's good. Yep. It, it Nobody can... likes to be cold, do they? That's right. Uh, you can use it in the same sort of figurativeness. LEDs don't bring warmth. Yes, they do. No. Yes, they do. No. Yes, they do. They're cold light. They, they, no, no, no. As in like literal heat. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. You know how you the, the, the LED technology you, you have today? You can't have light without heat. I learned that in science in like the first day of science class in year eight. Light. All right. We need a Sparky <clears> to give us a call. Yeah, Sparky give us a call. The LEDs produce heat or not. The other thing, I mean, with light, I mean, other than just, you know, uh, getting rid of darkness is what you can use that for, which is like being a guide or showing a path. Okay, so for navigation, the purpose yeah. of navigation. Yeah, navigation. And why would you need, what, what, what is the benefit of, of light in relationship to navigation? So you don't get lost. And it directs you to a place of safety. That's right. So we need to be directing people to a place of safety as Christians um, not only does it direct you as a navigation guide to a place of safety, but it reveals obstacles. So a lighthouse, for instance, might reveal an obstacle such as a reef and at the same time direct to a place of safety such as a port. It can do both those things at once. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you switch the light on in your home. What does it do? It reveals all of the obstacles that your toes would otherwise find. Amen. All those bits of Lego. Yes. Mm-hmm. You do know what toes were invented for, right? Stubbing. Why, why we have toes on our feet? <laughs> why? So that we can find things in the dark <coughs> oh, I that see. are hard. Uh-huh. That's what they're there for. Yeah, you look at toes and like, yeah, I'm sure I could walk around without toes. Actually, I couldn't. But, you, you know, you kind of get that feeling like we could walk around without toes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, but you've got to take a lot of practice. And your brain has to rewire itself and you're never very steady on your feet. Uh, toes are fantastic. But, you know, it's kind of like sometimes when you're walking around the dark, it's like, oh, I know why Is toes that? were invented. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have found that otherwise. Didn't really need to find that. Didn't really want to find that, but I found it. Yep. And, of course, the proverbial Lego. Mm-hmm. My it's goodness. So light is a wonderful thing. It gives safety, it reveals obstacles, it pushes back darkness, and it navigates us to safety. And that's who, what we are to be as Christians. We're to push back the darkness that is around us. We are to reveal obstacles for others uh, in our community. Uh, we are to you know, provide safety for people and to point them in the direction of um, safety. Mm, amen. Yeah. Shelter, yeah. Shelter, that's right. All right, so that's not all that the Bible says that we are to be here in this passage, but if we go back up to uh, verse 13, what does the Bible say that we are to be in verse 13? You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Okay. Mm. Salt is different from light. Yeah, very much so. What is the purpose of salt? To add flavor. To add flavor, but also... it. You're the uh, oh, we just had, had somebody, uh, Michael from Kurumbong, who answered the quiz correctly. Answer was Joab. Congratulations! Yes, congratulations, Mike. Congratulations, Michael from Kurumbong. Uh, he did answer the quiz, and he's got himself a copy of Sean Boonstrew's A Pale Horse Rides. All right, so you're a cookman. You love to bake. I do. Um, salt adds flavour. Mm-hmm. 
My understanding is that salt also draws out existing flavours. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, it like highlights what's in there. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So as a Christian, how do we do that metaphorically? How do we, you know, salt as salt is a metaphor for the Christian life. What does that mean for us? Draw out the good stuff. All right, so when we are mixing with somebody else, mm-hmm. we draw the best out of them. That's, yeah, that's, pr- that's pretty profound. Now, when you think about this, it's kind of how it works because when you're in bad company, you tend to act more badly. When you're mm-hmm. in good company, you tend to act more goodly. So if we are going to be the salt of the earth, then the more good that we bring to our world, the more good that we do, the more good that, we'll, that there will be that will go around. That's right. There. Uh, by the way, we talked last week about random acts of kindness. Yes. And how random act of kindness, if you get a bit of a wave going and everybody, you know, just it just becomes viral, then... Um, that is a very positive thing. Anyway, we need to come back and talk about that next week. Next, tomorrow. Whenever. Sometime. <laughs> tomorrow. One of these days. It's only Tuesday. We've got a whole week to go. <laughs> losers, all the lovely losers Never thought you'd
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5, designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. Join with me, brother. 
take me by the hand And we'll follow together Until we get to the promised land Join with me, sister Sing my song We'll follow together Till this journey's done Shining in the darkness Speaking through the world Listening to Josh Cunningham with Light of the World here on Faith FM. That's just what we've been studying the Bible about. And we have a question that has come in for question of the day that we are about to answer. What have you got for us there, Mon? Yes, indeed. Welcome to our question of the day time. Uh, The question today is a good one, Lyle. Um, If the seventh day, right, is the Sabbath day, how is it possible for Christians in the 21st century, you know, when emergency services are just humming, just Round the clock, how like how are police people, uh, paramedics, fire brigade people, nurses, surgeons, like how are they all supposed to keep the Sabbath well? In exactly the same way as they were supposed to keep the Sabbath in the first century, because in the first century, we may have had different names for them, but the same people still existed. Um, and so, of course, if you look at Jesus, for instance, was Jesus a doctor? Is a healer? We could say, would that be correct? Yeah. It falls into the category of a healer. Was Jesus a healer? Mm-hmm. Yes, Jesus was a healer. And so you got this story here. Um, this one comes to us from, uh, where are we? Luke chapter 6. And the Bible says it came to pass on another Sabbath that he entered into a synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to find out whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they could accuse him. Uh, but he knew their thoughts and he said to them, um, he said to the man with the withered hand, Stand up. And he stood up in the middle of them. And then Jesus said, I will ask you a thing. Because this is kind of how the synagogue used to work. They used to have discussions. Um, it was very much a discussion format, which is really great. I said, I'll ask you a thing. Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? Haha. <laughs> so they thought they had him trapped. He was in a corner. If Jesus heals this man, then Jesus uh, is a Sabbath breaker. If he doesn't heal him, he has no compassion. They've backed him into a corner. And just like that, Jesus has turned the tables. He's asked one simple question. Is it lawful to do good or to do evil on the Sabbath day? Uh, Looking around upon them all, he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. And they were filled with madness and communed with one another what they might do to Jesus. They got upset that somebody was healed. Amazing what human nature can Mm -hmm. be like. 
And so the way that people are, who are working in emergency services and essential services operate on the Sabbath in the 21st century is exactly the same way as they would operate in the 1st century or in the 1st century or, the, or in the 2000th century BC. It does not change all the way down through history. And, of course, the Bible says it is lawful to do good. And there, are, as a result of that, there are some professions that they need to go to work. You know, if we closed down our hospitals on the Sabbath day, it wouldn't really be very conducive to the Sabbath-keeping opportunities for those who were not well. The principle with Sabbath-keeping, of course, is the principle of worship. And we should do whatever we can to have a day of worship and also to provide a day of worship make it available to others, regardless of whether they choose to have that as a day of worship or not. That's not our decision to make. We are the ones who are there to provide that opportunity for them. And so whenever we're going to do something on the Sabbath or not do something on the Sabbath, we have to ask ourselves this simple question. Is this conducive to worship or is this not conducive to worship? For example, Jesus was walking through a corn a field on the, a field of corn on the Sabbath day. And his disciples, or grain, his disciples were hungry. And as the law was, if you were passing through, you were allowed to eat what you could eat as you passed by. And so they were grabbing some husks and and uh, having a bit of uh, grain that they were grabbing as they passed through. The Pharisees, once again, very upset. Oh, you're participating in agriculture on the Sabbath day. You are harvesting food. You know, it's not very conducive to worship to have an empty stomach because you're always thinking about your stomach and it's growling away and it's not drawing you closer to God necessarily uh, and you are distracted by it and you are better off to do a little bit of food preparation on the Sabbath day than to not be hungry. Now, of course, we should plan ahead for the Sabbath. Cook as much food as you can beforehand. Be ready for the Sabbath when it comes in and you will be blessed. You will get the most out of your Sabbath. There is so much about the Sabbath that we lose because we choose not to keep it in the way that Jesus instructed us to keep the Sabbath day. Okay, so we need to keep the keep the Sabbath the way Jesus taught us to keep it, not the way that the world says that we should keep the Sabbath day. Thank you so much for answering that question. If you have a curly Q, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. We love fielding your questions. We love answering them. If you want to email it to us, our website is faithfm.com.au. Send those through. Keeping the Sabbath 
Back guys, that was uh, Lady Love Smith and Reggie Smith and Nathan Nathan Young with "Remember the Sabbath." Nathan goes, Young, eh? Nathan Young. Yes, indeed, really beautiful song. Off one of my favourite albums, um, uh, the Pillars of Our Faith albums. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautiful album. Anyway, it's not what we're giving away today. Which today we're giving away a book, The Great Controversy. Ah, indeed, we are. And the reason I picked this book out was because we've just been talking about the Sabbath, and this book covers the importance of the Sabbath and how much more important it's going to get. Okay, and it's also a book that uh, has changed many lives because it points people to Jesus Christ. And I found Jesus Christ as a result of reading this book along with the Bible when I was 15 years old. And so this is a fantastic book, particularly for young people to read. Highly recommend it for young people. I read this book, I think, uh, six times before between the ages of 15 and 20. And uh, very, very powerful impact on my life. Deals with history, deals with prophecy. Uh, begins with the destruction of Jerusalem, traces all the way down through to our time, into the future. Um, you know, tells about things that are going to happen. You know, very very soon. You know, in in the future from now, talks about things that have happened since I first read the book. Uh, really really mar- remarkable. Um, yeah, gives you life some bearing. Yeah. yeah, great controversy right there. Written by Alan White, uh, a resident of our region right here in the Newcastle Hunter uh, Lake Macquarie area. She lived here for quite a number of years and was one of the most uh, influential women in this area and of uh, of the 1800s, particularly here in Australia and America, in the impact that she had on the world. So, um, yeah. Give us a call if you'd like a free copy. We've got a copy giveaway. 
Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843.